0: so much for the richness of that promise of not only being yours, but you being mine as well. God, we thank you for the relationship, the great relationship that we have in you through Christ. Thank you for your presence, for who you are, And God, my prayer for us today is that you would challenge us in steps of of great faith and great obedience to you. And that we would not leave this place the same way that we came in. We love you and we thank you and we give you praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. This deal is getting worse all the time. The terms of the arrangement had changed. The deal had been altered. What began as a means to maintain a modicum of control under the militaristic thumb of the galactic empire in a galaxy far, far away turned sour fast. And in the middle of this Star Wars story, Lando Calrissian had gambled the lives of his friends in order to remain in control of his beloved Cloud City, only to hear the ominous response of Darth Vader to his protest, I have altered the deal. Pray I do not alter it any further. Have you ever made a bad gamble? Your gamble may not be the, have the same stakes as, as Lando's, hopefully no one got frozen in carbonite or lost a hand, but we have all risked something and lost. Whether it's a bad business deal, a relationship uh, turned wrong, or a, or a bet on the Green Bay Packers this fo- football season. I was gonna say the Seattle Seahawks, but Pastor Mark isn't here to enjoy that comment. Actually, uh, uh, if you guys want to pray for Pastor Mark and Judy, they, uh, they left uh, this week for vacation for a couple of weeks. Um, so they have gone to Arizona in case you're wondering where they're at. Um, pray that God gives them some good rest and kind of envisions them while they're, while they're gone. Um, so just kind of want to let you guys know what's going on with that. But, but uh, we've, all made, we've all made bad bets and lost. We've all made bad gambles and lost. And whatever the case is, wherever you've been, and we, we've all been in this place. We've all taken risks and never gotten to see the payoff. And maybe for you, you're still in recovery mode from that loss. Well, over the next two weeks, over the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at a bad gamble that actually paid off that is still paying off to this day and how you and I can benefit from it. But before we get to the payoff, and we like the payoff we've to understand the stakes of the gamble and we also have to understand a little bit about authority let's talk about authority for a minute we absolutely love authority when ours is the authoritative voice isn't it true like we love authorities as long as yeah it's my team it's it's my thing it's my it's my vision we like authority And I think outside of our drive for independence and the expressions of our personal freedoms, one of the challenges for us as American Christians is recognizing authority that's higher than ourselves, especially when we don't agree with them and especially when we don't share the same values as them. This is a hard thing for us to do. But what's really interesting, and I came across this several, several years ago, and this was really, really formative in my understanding of, uh, of authority. Um, there, was a, there was a pastor that, uh, that talked about uh, authority providing these like umbrellas of protection over people. And when we step out of those umbrellas, uh, those umbrellas of protection, we don't, I mean, you've all been out in the rain and, you know, under the umbrella, fine. Not under the umbrella, not fine. A little bit soggy. And what's really interesting is all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, there are these admonishments about authority. Paul writes to a young pastor, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 2.2, 2, to pray for kings and those in authority. He admonishes men to be the spiritual how- leaders of their households to both the, Ephesians church and, or the Ephesian church and the Colossian church in Ephesians 5 and Colossians 3, respectively. He also wrote to the Romans church in Romans, Romans 13 to submit to governmental authorities. God gives Moses a commandment, one of of God's top ten. We just talked about this, about children obeying their parents. It's the first commandment with a promise. Jesus, even Jesus, recognizes the authority of the spiritual leaders of the day, of the Pharisees, and Jesus also paid his taxes. That one's a little fishy. That's a Gospels joke. If you don't get it, read the Gospels, and you'll find out why. But Romans 13.1 tells us that, that, that authority exists because God has established them. And when we live underneath of those authorities, like I had mentioned about the umbrellas, we hold the benefits of those individual arrangements. Things like security, protection from our enemies, provision of support. And God has established things like the church, the family unit, and even the government to serve those who are under their authority and to be the recipients of that submission. This is a both and thing. This this is authority with accountability. It's blessing of protection with submission to leadership. And I know what some of you are thinking right now, that this structure is archaic and has been abused, and you're absolutely right. But hear me out here. If you hold a position of of authority, one of the things that the Bible is very, very, very clear on, and James actually said, says this about teachers, that not many of you should presume to be teachers because you're going to be held at a higher standard. You're going to be more accountable. You are accountable as a leader to a higher standard of authority. And so whether it's the law or to God himself, do not for a second think that this biblical structure of authority is given to you to be used as a blunt instrument against anyone or to be used to manipulate anyone. We have way, way too much abuse of authority. And we're seeing more and more instances of abuse of authority. And this, and this is the place that we get ourselves into trouble. And to see this in action, and to see where this all got started, we have to go all the way back to Genesis to look at how God set up authority And how we lose it. And so we're going to look at number one, opening day. God sets up the structure of authority with letter A, God as owner, humanity as management. You see, God creates the world and he partners with humanity to manage it. Out of the gate, God establishes the nature of authority. I create, you maintain. I own, you manage it. Check this out. This is found in, in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 28. This is at the, at the end of the, the creation account here. It says, God blessed them. This is after he's created mankind in his own image. And that's such a beautiful thing. Think about that for a second. God created us. In his own image, to be a reflection of himself. What a beautiful, beautiful way to start out. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase the in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, every tree that has fruit with seeds in it, they will be yours for food. And all of the beasts of the earth, all the birds in the sky, all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath, the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was morning. And there was evening in the sixth day. See, there are two major responsibilities of the authority of authority in these verses. And I already kind of alluded to them. Uh, number one is rule over it. I create, you manage. This partnership is explicit. God is the owner of all of creation. And don't for one one minute forget that. There was a, a theologian, Abraham Kepper, that said that there is nothing in all of creation in which God, who is sovereign all over all, does not point to and say, mine. So everything that you have, you are a steward. You are a steward of God's property. Everything that you own. Your very, the very breath in your lungs is borrowed. Isn't that humbling? Isn't that humbling to think about? Like, like I have breath because God gave it to me. That's huge, that's huge. But there's this partnership, it's, it's God is owner of all creation, but, but while all of it is his, he establishes mankind to make decisions on behalf of himself for all of his creation. And this isn't just simply like, hey, here are all of the toys in the toy box, go nuts, guys. He actually gives them a little bit of a parameter with that, which brings us to the second responsibility. Take care of creation. It's number two, take care of creation. It's I give, you maintain. So this is, this is where we get into the stewardship uh, of everything. It's not, just, it's not just rulership over the thing. It's not just maintenance of the thing. It's stewardship. Well, well, I, well I have some modicum of control over things. At the end of the day, everything that I am and everything that I have belongs to God. And while God, while the ownership is still God's, he gave humanity the opportunity to cultivate his creation and expand it. Actually, he encourages the expansion of it. And to take care of it. And I love, that, I love that this ends, I love that chapter one ends with that God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Every other day was good, but this day, this one was very good. It would be an understatement to say that this arrangement had letter B benefits to it. The first of those benefits being, number one, partnership with God. I've shared with with you guys before that um, a couple of months ago, I started doing some writing on the side as a a video game uh, and hardware reviewer uh, for a couple of websites. And one of the things that's really interesting about this role is that I have access to developers, I have access to companies, so I can ask questions directly. So if I have a problem, I don't have to go digging around. I can, I've got an email address or I've got a phone number that I can email or call and ask questions directly to the source. It's kind of one of those like behind the curtains, like we have a partnership to do the thing, and so I have access to them. And in a similar way, Adam and Eve were not alone in their endeavor to manage God's creation They got to ask God questions. They got to be mentored into their leadership role by God himself. Think about how awesome their staff meetings were. They got to walk in God's creation with God himself. I mean, I've had some really good staff meetings that I've been a part of, but that tops it. And they were given, number two, mostly unlimited access. With the exception of one tree in all of creation, they were given access and had the run of the entire planet. All because of benefit number three unified authority. Unified authority. We're going to jump into Genesis chapter 2 here, starting in verse 18. Because this gives a little bit of a, the, Genesis 1 is kind of this really nice poetic, if you look in the original language, it's this really uh, beautiful uh, poem explaining creation. And then we get in chapter 2 a little bit of a deeper uh, narrative uh, with this. But uh, we see, uh, we jump into, uh, we jump into uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. And it says this, The Lord God said it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground the ground all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man was given all the livestock, the birds in the sky and all the wild animals, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall asleep into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of me. Then the Lord says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his his wife and they become one flesh. And Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. This is a really kind of a funny passage to talk about authority from, but there are two characteristics uh, that are very, very important from this passage. There are two words that are kind of definers here of the nature of this unified authority, and they're nakedness and oneness. Nakedness and, and oneness. And while this this passage does talk about the, the sexual union between a husband and wife, it's more than sexual. There's a unity of intertwined lives, intertwined values, and intertwined vision. Nothing was secret between them, everything was both literally and metaphorically out in the open in all of its risks and all of its vulnerabilities. And there was no shame. There was no shame in it. But this is where things start to take the dive. Because within this structure, we decided to listen to number two, snake lies. We started to listen to snake lies. And in Genesis 3, we're going to look at at humanity under new management. And when we get to Genesis 3, we get hit with letter A, the hustle. And isn't it true, isn't it true that one of our greatest gambles began with the hustle? And what I mean by that, the hustle is is a promise of something huge for minimal investment. And maybe you have gotten hit with the hustle before. It, maybe it was the, the, the promise of, of building a passive income or, or that, that a small investment would have huge dividends or that Powerball ticket would rock your world for a small price and usually it's in the fine print that we get lost. And in Genesis 3, the serpent hustles Eve with fake information, with fake views. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Like, isn't that ridiculous? And Eve fell for the gamble of gossip. Did God really say, did God really mean that? But in all actuality, let her be, the truth is this. By stepping out of the boundaries that God had set up, mankind relinquished its authority by allowing new management to take over. Sin. And it cost us everything. And isn't it true that in the hustle, it's hard to see the truth? Let's talk about, let her see the consequences of this. But before we get into the the consequences, let me tell you a story. Several years ago, there was a medical imaging center that was known in its community for its care for patients. The, The manager made it his practice that he would care for his employees and provide them a positive work environment With the mindset that if he treated, if he served his employees, that his employees would serve the patients that they cared for. And he was right. This was the type of leadership that he modeled for them and they passed it along. Well, this, this type of buzz in the community, and especially in the in the uh, the medical community in uh, in that that uh, part of the world, uh, they caught uh, they caught interest in uh, in this tiny little medical imaging center. And so their lawyers, with all sorts of vowels in their, their name, uh, they went and they uh, they talked with the, the other comp- with the owner's lawyers. And they made a deal to buy this facility under the auspice that this would be the model for any future and existing endeavors in the field. Believing the buzz, the owners sold the center and it was now under new leadership. The management was the same. And he was still in his position of authority, but his autonomy was gone. He was no longer able to function in the same capacity. The parameters changed. The permission to give the kind of care was cut short. And new boundaries were established because they were under new management. And for years, I watched my father struggle with this new reality. He was powerless under new authority to change the circumstances that he found himself in. And much like this, the consequences of humanity's bad deal created a new reality for us to live within. And that new reality is this. Number one, sin always separates us from God. In Genesis 3.8, God steps into the garden like He had done the entire time. And Adam and Eve were hiding from God. They were ashamed of their actions. They were afraid. They were once naked and united in purpose with God And they were now separated by the reality of sin in their lives. And shame wasn't all, though. Number two, sin divides our relationships. Not only were they afraid of God, here comes the blame game. Adam says, this woman that you put me here made me do it. Like I had no control over God. She used her womanly ways and suddenly here I am. And Eve responds with, it was the snake. The snake made me do it. He deceived me. And isn't it true? Isn't it true? No no matter how small we think the sin is, and don't be deceived. Sin is equal. All sin is equal. Don't, don't be deceived by that. Uh, in, but isn't it true that our sin drives wedges in between, and it makes distance, it puts distance in between the relationships that we have with each other. This is a complete aside here, but this is one of the reasons why Pastor Mark has talked about gossip and he's been so hard on gossip because, man, there's nothing so, so insidious as, as, as that, that, the, that thought of like, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm really concerned about this thing and, and we're going to pray about this. But, but suddenly you're poisoning somebody else. You're dividing in relationship. The sin is so divisive like that. Please, I, I just want to wanna admonish you guys, like don't get caught in that trap. Don't get caught in that trap because sin always divides us in relationship with God and relationship with other people. And the final consequence is this. Number three, sin usurped our authority. Sin usurped our authority. In the structure that God set up, he set us up to be partners with him. But because of our sin we placed ourselves under the control of new management. Management that does not give a rip about the world that God created. That has no desire to partner with God and his plans for his creation. And if you found yourself looking at the world around you and wondering why it's so divided, why we're in the mess that we're in, this is a pretty good picture of why we are in the place that we are in right now. Because as humanity, we relinquished control. We relinquished authority. And if this is where you find yourself today, maybe maybe you have seen this pattern in your own life, you've identified the mess, and you're probably sitting there wondering, Well, I know the problem. What's the solution? Well, you're going to have to come back next week for that. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a teaser, okay? Into this new structure, into this new framework of authority. where God is still, he is still sovereign. He's still sovereign. We're still a part of his creation. And we still bear his image. But it's under new management. Into this structure, God devises a plan that takes centuries to unfold. He plays a long game that begins with a a man named Abram, an ancient ritual, and the collection of an outstanding debt. What began with a hostile takeover ends in hot pursuit but you're going to have to come back next week to find out more about that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this, uh, this structure that you set up was perfect, and we messed it up. But God, we thank you that you are a great and gracious God, that you are still in control of a world that's messy and messed up, and that even in the midst of, of, of all of this, that you devised a plan, you took a gamble, and there's a payoff. And so God, I pray that, uh, that wherever we find ourselves today, that, uh, that we would first start by recognizing your authority in all things and look for how we can partner with you. God, we love you, and we give you praise. And we pray that you would challenge us with what to do with this information. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand together, let's, let's sing about the authority of our only king forever. Let's, uh, let's close in worship here the, this morning. I just want to share a couple of things with you before you, uh, you head out here today. If you have not had a chance to sign up for Connect Groups, we are starting this week. Make sure that you see me in between the services here. I'd love to get you some more information about that. And uh, like I said, be praying for Pastor Mark and Judy while they're away. Uh, they'll, be back, uh, they'll be back in two weeks here. And uh, so we just want to encourage that prayer. But as you go, may you go in the confidence that knowing that, that God has a plan for what to do in this messed up situation that we found ourselves in. Uh, be, go in the, in the presence and the confidence that you go in the power and the authority of Jesus. Be blessed as you go from here today.